Hello, welcome back to Entertainment Marketing Confidential. This is a podcast where we talk about all things related to entertainment and brands. We are your hosts. I'm Daphne. And I'm Craig. And as always, we're joined by our producer, Eric. Hello. Hello. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Good morning. I can hear my, there's some rumbling that's my stomach. It's going, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Um, I could talk about my stomach all day. But uh, today, <laughs> we're going to talk about how this all comes together. On previous episodes, we've talked a little bit about product placement. We've talked about brand integrations and how they're different. A little bit about entertainment marketing. But today, we want to talk about okay, there's a lot going on. What sort of brings that all together? And for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to focus on partnerships and promotions. Uh, Again, we always say this, uh, just for example purposes, it's easier to talk about film. What we're going to talk about does happen for TV, music, gaming, etc. But you know, not everyone's a gamer, but I think most people have seen films. So we just sort of use that as our default. So partnerships, what is that? It's where a brand leverages their existing media spend to co-promote a film. Now, why would a brand do that? Sometimes they're gonna partner with a film because there's a placement or integration and they really wanna use that to boost their communication plan. But a lot of times brands don't have placement. They just share a lot of DNA and brand values with the property in question and they think this would be a great partner to do something cool. Uh, Just some examples, so we're all on the same page. I'd throw in too, it's not just that they want to partner with a film because it embodies sort of what their messaging is wanting to be. There could not be an opportunity in that film, let's say if it's set in the future or it's a period oh, film. that's a really good point. Yeah, so it, it, there may not be the opportunity to do an integration, but like you said, if it's a project that works with their, their focus. Exactly. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. And just to give two examples, uh, just so we're all kind of on the same page. When I think about a brand doing an integration and then doing a promotion around it, for me, just the gold standard still uh, launched three cars in that ad campaign and the integration is just beautiful. The car in the sandstorm, how you shoot a car so featured without it being commercial, that's just hats off to the director. Um, And another one that if you Google it, it, some people think it was a failure, but I think it's absolutely brilliant, probably because I think the Hunger Games movies are the best movies ever after Everest. Um, I really like the CoverGirl Capital Collection around Catching Fire. Um, really vibrant colors of eyeshadow and funky just mascaras. I thought it was fantastic. So that, to me, is a really good way where a brand can come in and do something cool where they don't have an obvious presence in the film because I know Mac has done things where I know Mac actually provided the makeup that was sure. used by filming sure. and I don't know if CoverGirl did that and I'm sorry I didn't Google that beforehand but there we go that's sort of what we're talking about today hmm. sorry go, going kind of going back to uh, another episode we we're talking about uh, where uh, products give like oh you know the crew needs this the crew needs this is there a, a makeup standard for makeup artists yep uh, do, can we say what it is? Like, what do you mean? Like, like they do always they use, use CoverGirl or Mac or they like, use oh. everything. Okay. Yeah, most of the cosmetic companies have some sort of artist program. So, you work with a makeup artist on just about any project, and they've got relationships with multiple brands. And it's just basically who is willing to provide. Sometimes it's multiple brands that provide oh, because for, for sure their needs are usually very great, and 
they're you know they're they extend for the uh, the course of the entire production. So you're talking months yeah. of you know but dressing actors and same yeah. with hair care. Oh, absolutely, um, hair care, makeup. When I was at sure. doing production resources at studio, <laughs> I actually had a Matt Damon movie, <laughs> not Matt Dillon. And why I mix those two up, God only knows. I love the Matt Damon movie. There's something about Mary. It's <laughs> 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 good. Um, he. The, they were shooting in very, very, very dry, arid, rough conditions for hair and for face. And I remember, you know, the stylist and the makeup artist were like, we need help. Their hair's freaking out. Their skin's freaking out. What do we do? So makeup companies, hair companies, skincare companies provided product geared towards sort of that drier climate. And what was so great were the women... On the production side, when this was over, they wrote reviews on how each product performed under those extreme conditions, which was super valuable to the brand. So, yeah. So, yes, makeup and other things. Yes, 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 and yes. And then a lot of times, like I know Max done some wonderful programs. Was it Burlesque? Why is that? It's probably Moulin Rouge. <laughs> okay, who the hell knows? But a lot of times, like that will be what's Titanic. Because hmm. didn't they do a rose-colored lipstick? They probably did. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you could use something in the physical production of a film and have that be a catalyst to a promo and a partnership. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always have to be on screen. So. Yeah. So, gosh, I don't know where to hop in on this. So, we know from talking about product placement and brand integrations, the studios, the brand, and really talent have a lot to say when it comes to promotions. Um, Definitely. You know, it's, you know... Do we have permission to use, boy, we're really going to dive in right to the deep end, everybody. We're sorry. When you do a promotion, you need physical assets to do a promotion. If you're running a print ad, if you're doing a TV commercial, if you're using a billboard, there needs to be physical, digital assets to create that creative. And you need permission from the brand, you need permission from the studio, you need permission from talent. And what's really interesting is, we want to make sure we don't dive or kind of tinker or roll into implied endorsement. Just because the character Ethan Hunt does a certain thing doesn't mean Tom Cruise does it. So whenever there's those assets physically to do a partnership, it needs to be 50-50. Half film, half product, no implied endorsement. And that is some place where having a good agency helps because... Brands will submit their first round of creative, and you're like, uh, no. Um, I don't know why I felt the need to go on that tangent. But, you know, starting there with permissions and the assets, you wonder, it's so complicated to physically do a promotion. The turnaround time on approvals, it's like, why do we do it? You know, you know why, well, why do a, productions like it? Why do studios do it? Well, productions like it, producers specifically, because it's going to raise the... Uh, well, it's going to raise the awareness of their projects when you get when you do a, a campaign with a Tom Cruise if he's willing to do it. Well, it, the it, producer has the talent. Yeah, but, but the talent has a, you know they've got those their contracts are very complex and there's a lot of things that they will do and won't do and so it's finding it's finding the right talent to do the right promotion I'd with the right projects who kind of get it because I, yeah. the term I use is called butts and seats, you know. A film, they have the analytics. They know who their audience is. A brand knows who their audience is. And kind of the fun part 
you know, also why brands would like it is it's introducing your brand to a potential new audience. And, you know, if you have, again, pick any brand, you know, if you could leverage a brand's own owned channels, that's a way of marketing that you never would have explored. And yeah. ultimately, ticket sales. And most producers have skin in the game. And the more butts and seats, the more money they make. Exactly. So they should want to do it. Same with talent who have some sort of profit participation. And honestly, when you look at, oh, remember it used to be like a tent pole. A third of the budget was promotion advertising. And now sure. it's like double the budget. Oh, yeah. You know, having partners on a film, brand partners. Mm-hmm. So when we say that term, that's what we're referring to. It's going to help you promote your film. You know, I look back at, you know, my days and variety. I think they listed like 119 promo partners when that film opened. God bless that team. I say that a lot, but Lord, I mean, could you imagine navigating that? Going back to my comment about the assets, the approvals, permissions, uh, physically making the creative. I mean, I don't know how they did that. And what's interesting now is films don't have 119 partners anymore. So instead of, I think you might have two, five, depending on sort of the type of film. You can still get 20 to 30 on a major, major project, but it's it's a rarity these days. I mean, on this note, when it comes to partnerships, and I'm going to step out of whatever I do professionally just from sort of an audience member they're committed as well to, you know, how do we create something together that gives an audience something they wouldn't normally see or they haven't seen before? And I think, you know, from the flip side of why brands like it, you know, the opportunity to work with some of these visionaries to create a really creative campaign or really interesting creative that maybe they couldn't do with their traditional advertising agency, I think it just kind of keeps everybody fresh. It's just kind of new and exciting and something you haven't seen before. Sure. And it, it's exclusive. Yeah. No one can just partner with a unless you're working with and getting, you know, all those permissions and all those assets yeah. that you need to, to do a legitimate. So a good promotion. partnership, you know, even again, without placement, because there's mm-hmm. ways to tell stories. What I love is when a brand comes in, maybe don't have placement, but you work with a studio to sort of create a narrative outside the story or extend the narrative. Um, I think that's really, really interesting because as an audience member, it's like, ooh, that's super exciting. I like that. Mm -hmm. So I I just think, you know, entertainment marketing in general, the product for placement, going deeper with brand integration and ultimately bringing it all together with a promotion, I think is a solid strategy for brands when it comes to how they want to market their product, showcase their market, reach new audiences, be seen in like a cool, fresh way. I mean... Again, I've invested all of my life <laughs> into this genre of communication. And that's why I think it's just a perfect place for brands to be. Brands who get it. Also well, win-win when they get it. Absolutely. And same with studios. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times, you know, a filmmaker, they want to do a promotion. Like I was saying in a, another episode, you know, they want these big, just beautiful, just incredible creative um, partnerships. But their script and story don't really set up something that creative, you know? So it's interesting, just kind of the expectations component, again, between filmmakers and a brand. What are the what are the parts of a promotion? Is it um, online ads that are- All like, of it. it. 
commercials, like yeah. 30 second spots, mm-hmm. it's posters, yeah. it's billboards. Okay. Yeah, it's all of that. It's okay. absolutely TVC. And it kind of mm-hmm. depends on the market because you might want to do something point of sale, mm-hmm. something in store, digital banners. You know, for some brands, you know, I should make this point. You know, I'm talking about CoverGirl doing that special collection for Catching Fire, or I'm talking about this global, you know, communication plan from a car brand. But not all brands can do that. So we kind of put them in two buckets, above the line, below the line. Above the line is really where you tap into that media spend, where it's let's leverage our TV, let's leverage our print, let's leverage our outdoor. Um, But some brands don't have that. That's not a part of how they communicate as a brand. So there's still things you could do with social media, press releases. Um, Through their website. Absolutely. So it's not always... um, I think a lot of brands don't want to touch that space because they think, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not, you know, car conglomerate. I'm not a Mm -hmm. big beer brand, you know. But a small brand could still do something interesting within their space. Would you say that um, small brands now have more leverage... Like you, you, you guys started working twenty years ago. Yeah, digital medium has exploded since mm-hmm. then. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it was non-existent back then. Exactly. So, sure. so you're saying like now, uh, uh, smaller brands and smaller productions, they have much more they can leverage just with the digital space and digital marketing and social I think media. it's what more efficient in their spending. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know that they have more leverage. They because, definitely don't because <laughs> the, the studio, the studio has all the leverage because it's their uh, IP. Wait. If I look out that window, um, how many... There is no window. What? Right there. If I look oh, out the window, okay. how many BMWs do you see? I see four. <laughs> how many uh, posters... What, what are these even coming out? Birds of Prey? Like, I'm trying to think of what movie's coming out. You don't see it. So some brands are bigger than the studio. And I think it kind of depends where you are on that spectrum. Don't look at a brand for what it is. It's fantastic at this. What is this brand about? How can we partner with this brand in a good way? Um, if the brand is investing in advertising, it's, I think it's reasonable for the studio to say, you know what, we'd like you to do some co-branding with that. But if a brand doesn't make those choices with their communication plan, the studio will go, well, okay, what can we do? Is it a pop-up something? Is it this? How do we do a cool activation? How do we do something within your space? So when it comes to leverage, you know, there's some brands that are just going to blow everyone out of the water with their spend. But... A brand, regardless of what size, still has an audience. They still have consumers. They have people who buy their product. They have customers. And they're still creating conversations. And I think you could create a pretty good conversation on savvy social media. Mm -hmm. But I think the big difference would be when you're using, let's say, below-the-line channels for your partnership, I think you're going to have access to less assets. You're probably going to have stills, maybe from the press kit, maybe but maybe one sheet, that's it. Mm-hmm. But if you really come in and you you really invest in this project, you're gonna have, I'm gonna say better assets. You know, there's some studios that will work with you to create like a three minute segment for you, for your brand. And like you said, that's yours, that's your content, you own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I sit back sometimes and there's some brands that don't have sort of those resources but they expect that level of assets from the studio and that's sort of not how it works so i do think brands are a little off sometimes on their expectations um at the end of the day i do think studios they just want to create something memorable they want to do a partnership you know that 
that resonates. And for brands, that's what you want. You want to work with people who kind of see your brand from the other side. Sure. I think in studios too, like you said, the budgets for advertising and marketing these days are through the roof and they need all the help they can get to, to minimize that by securing those partners. So like you said, if it's not a huge brand that can spend a ton of money, they're still open to working with several smaller brands because it's still bringing value to them. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those are all new people to put in seats. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how much, you know, we talked about sort of at the core, you know, partnerships is about for a brand leveraging existing ad spend, leveraging your own channels. Um, you know, we've touched upon managing the expectations between brand and production. You kind of mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier about opening up internationally. What is the difference between, say, like uh, global promotion versus just like one country, like the U.S. or one territory? Well, so domestic would be U.S. and mm-hmm. you think international, sort of that rest of world. And, you know, sort of what, you know, there's some brands that only exist here. Sure. And there's some that only exist in one or few countries, let's say in Europe yeah. or in Asia. And in, it, and then some global brands only want to communicate in one territory. Mm-hmm. So typically a studio will have sort of two departments. Again, oversimplifying this, you have sort of that domestic team and then international. When you are talking about promotions, what is the, the timeline of events between a uh, uh, a brand reaching out to a production and production reaching out to the brand. Oh, What's the? It, it varies, but obviously the sooner the better because promotions take a hell of a lot well, longer than. Well, they do. They take well, a lot longer it than. It take nine months, nine to eighteen months. I think yeah. it's the, you know. Well, we talked about the dance between, say, Petmark and propaganda. You know, where a production resources team has scripts, we have clients. It's our job as an agency to make sure. Our production partners know who we have and also what our brands are looking for. And then it's up to them to tell me what projects they have coming down the pipeline. And once we find a fit, you kind of read the script, you see what the story is about, and then you say, you know, this is a good fit for whatever brand. And then from there, as Craig said, as early as possible, you want to get, you want to agree to, are we doing a placement slash integration or are we just going to partner with the film? Because if you're partnering with the film, you're going to, you know, you kind of sit in the back seat for a bit and then you kind of step back in towards the end of principal photography. But when you have that integration component, that's making sure production has the product they need to film it. And you have to remember, it takes, depending on the film, 12 to 18 months to make a movie. Is that product going to be relevant two years down the line? So mm-hmm. is it prototypes? We have to swap something in post. Let me just say, for anyone listening negotiating and navigating that placement with your studio partner and production that justifies having an agency oh no you just don't go oh hey here's your box of shit like there's an actual art and skill set to that and it's there's a lot of very real constraints and obstacles that i'm not here to explain to people because that's also my job and part of my professional edge but it it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and you have to sort of babysit that placement on all sides production are doing are they doing what's expected is your studio partner doing what's expected how's the placement going but meanwhile your client needs to start getting it together now on the client side who's driving the promotion is it headquarters is it a local territory they need to start thinking what tools do you have you know and in terms of those tools and resources 
those have to come up when you start negotiating that placement. If you're thinking TVC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, let's get that on the table ASAP before pre-production. Now there's some opportunities where, hey, you know what? This actually is turning out okay. Maybe we should start talking about a promotion. It could happen a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. But just know, once you get into the promotion game, this is something that's going to take nine months. Every approval you do, a studio could have seven to ten days. Same with the client. So it's a very slow process, but it is what it is. And every element of that promotion has to be approved. TVC, I need to start seeing the storyboard nine months before this thing is released. And it's it, it's a very long timeline. So you think you got to lock the placement you got to figure out now again you could address the production side but from the brand side i need to know sort of early on what are the bigger territories are we talking tv is this digital what's going on ah thing i need to know from the studio how much of a pain in the ass is talent going to be because sometimes brands think if there's this great scene where there's an integration with your product that they're going to get that clip for use in their commercial no Mm-mm. That's rare. Now, there's times where, and cars are such a great category. It's truly one of my favorite, 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 favorite categories is automotive because they're big and they're recognizable. And a lot of times, cars show up in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or on the one sheet. Depending oh, absolutely. On the film, We've so. had that, I don't know how many times with yeah. our products. So it's like having an idea of what kind of program we want to execute. And then the brand needs to start figuring out which territories did the territory sign off on this? Who has the ad spend? Are we doing the same thing in every territory? Is there language restraints? You know, I have a checklist. There's probably 150 things we need to consider when doing a partnership. And it's interesting to talk about because it's just something I do so naturally. And to be fair, I mean, our studio partners are the best and similar. They've been in the industry a very long time. We've known, and people tend to change studios, but I mean, absolute professionals like, oh, you know, like, you know, I look at just like what some of them are doing, like we're talking about international, like, I mean, I don't want to say her name, but she is just phenomenal what she does. But anyway, so there's a lot to doing a promotion and a lot of hurls, hurls, hurls and hurls, hurl something, hurl hurls at you. Um, but as you said, like sooner the better, because it is something yeah. that takes a very long time. Sure. And like you said, when you're talking about placement and if a, if a placement is required to do a promotion, then, it, then it's even it's even trickier because they're shooting this movie That's so far in advance. I had to film lock, and then the product wasn't there, and then they had to open the movie, and then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But they had to open the movie anyway because it was post, and it's just... What I'm trying to say is this stuff a lot of times comes down to the 11th hour. But this is where like your production studio partners, they do this every day. Like, oh, don't worry. Don't, no, we'll have it finished. Like, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, they're so calm and collected about all of it. But it's tough. Like, I, I, you know, I love partnerships. Like, we've done a number of them with the Chinese market where it's just, you got a cool movie. We got a cool project. Let's do some cool shit. And I love that because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the placement component. I think now, too, it's better from... Uh, my perspective when I'm working with production studios and now we're working with the promotional teams, the partnership teams mm-hmm. from the get go. So as soon as we get a script and we're looking for opportunities, we're talking to them about which categories they're planning on targeting. So 
when I'm reaching out to brands and agencies and talking to production, I already have it in my head kind of where the where the partnerships are most likely going to be going to be on this project because they've already told me this is where this is a category that we're targeting for that. You just touched upon something really just interesting is sort of when Craig and I started doing what we're doing, everything we're talking about, how this comes together was driven by production resources. The production resources team, like what Craig does, would do what production needs. They pick the brands that production wanted. They pick the brands that really fit. And then that list, again, I'm really oversimplifying it, would go to partnerships and promotions and they'd start looking at the list going, oh, who do we want to work with? And then somewhere around 2001, 2002, that started changing where promotions would start telling production resources what brands they want to work with. And I get it. No, absolutely understand that. But production, Daphne, this is all these dialogues in my head. If I am a producer, no, I'm telling you. And it's always interesting watching um, a battle is sort of the word, but maybe not that hostile. But Struggle. It is. Because you look at, you know, to me, it is a studio. That traditional production resources team or that entity or those people they know all of it. They know how to navigate partnerships. They know how to navigate the agencies. They know how to navigate talent and the director. Let them do their job. And that's where you're very good at what you do, Craig, is you always have such really good relationships with the studios that hire you and the producers that hire you because you're an extension of them. And you will absolutely 100% do what's best for them and what they're looking for. But also you're consulted. Like you could go back and say, yeah, that's, it's, it's a dialogue. And it's, sure. a, it's a really good relationship you have with the people you're working with. Why, and, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> especially your agency partners. No, but it's, well, there's a lot going on with different, not agendas, but people have different priorities. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, at the base level production, it's a physical, from the physical side, they need stuff for their film. So that's right there. They need that. And so... Producers and studios, everyone has a different relationship with the studio. So, like you said, some producers may be pushing back more than others. If the studio's got a you know a, a partnership idea or several partnership ideas that they want to push, a lot of times it's up to us to manage that with the producers because if the producers aren't necessarily yeah. in lockstep with the studio, yeah, then yeah. that's when we get to push back. And so it's it's. Definitely oh, navigating. It's definitely managing. It's it's a lot of that, but and throw in talent. <laughs> yeah. So sure. It, yeah, and the it, talent who produces. Yeah. <laughs> or so, directs. So, like we mentioned earlier in a previous episode or two, it, it's definitely um, it's definitely new. It's definitely different, and every project has its own set of challenges. But yeah. again, that's where people like myself and Daphne at agencies that she she's with. That's where we come in because we really have to facilitate the needs of many. And I have to go back to, I keep referencing, you know, where kind of when we started in this industry and the people we've gotten work with, got uh, not an English major, <laughs> the people uh, we've worked with, you know, and what was going to show up on screen and then whether or not they wanted to do partnerships. And sometimes partnerships, they don't make sense for your film. And that's completely okay too. Um, and then even from a talent perspective, you know, just sitting back and watching the early days of propaganda before I joined, you know, propaganda's always done like wonderful things with and 
films or his characters or however we want to phrase that. Um, you know, going back to we were able to use his eye. I mean, you can see it like, you know, in the promotion. And I think in time, talent, you know, it's as I touched on before, it's a lot of the same players, you know, and talent develops strong relationships with their partnership team, with production resources. And thankfully, in our case, as an agency, we have good relationships with talent. And I've had, you know, where I've tipped off an actor going, hey, I sent over this proposal, heads up. Um, at least I know he'll read it before saying no. <laughs> at least I know the right person chimed in. Um, but that's what, you know, we love about what we do. You know, it, it always kind of makes me sad when I read an article. You know, this industry can either go tip towards production or tip towards advertising. And there's some people who've taken the approach, let's take the art of what we do and try and treat it like it's, I'm buying an ad. That's, we come from production. That's not what we're about. And, you know, it's about relationships. It's understanding all the different players. And it's, to me, it's not, oh, let's get a manual and learn about entertainment marketing. No, 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 no. That, you know, yeah, I think my daughter could come in and do it because she's been around here. But to do what we do at the level in which we do and the people we have the pleasure of working with on a daily basis, it takes experience. It takes just that know-how sure. it's not just something you you well, know and, and that and that translates to the quality of partnerships and you could see it at the studios we work with i mean it's just a whole other level these days so basically there is no manual for entertainment marketing no we're it's, trying to do one in the podcast but if anything you know how we keep joking to the 25 people who are going to listen to this you know if someone's interested in marketing if someone's interested in entertainment really understand entertainment marketing and if you do want to create content and you become a producer become a writer again don't be turned off by having a promotion just expect the best from the people you're working with because look your partnership team is there to market your movie come up with cool things to help put butts in seats and help mm -hmm. you tell a good story be open to it sure be open to it and you look at some directors, you're like, oh, you're way more savvy because you know how to navigate that space and you're open to it. Who um, who takes the lead on the promotion? Is it the brand or is it the studio? <laughs> uh -oh. <It's> the... <laughs> That's the forbidden question. No one's supposed to ask we'll that. We'll talk about the players later on, but... It's, uh, it's not the brand, usually. It's well, the studio that takes... I Well, what do you mean by lead? Well, Let's clarify that. What do you mean? Like, who who comes up with a game plan? Who comes up with, like, these are the components we're going to use for this promotion? This, That's mutual. Well, that, it's, yeah. But yeah. someone has to take the no. lead. No, there's no proposal. They get into a oh, boardroom no, no, no. together. We, okay. So as an agency, we, we know our brand. We find out what tools or, you know, what's, what resources they have and what program they want to do. Okay. Then I go to my contact person in the studio. Like, I'd have a conversation with Craig. I'd have a conversation with... People, I can't say their names without asking. And we have a conversation first. It's about communicating. Like, hey, look, this is what we're looking to do. What are you looking to do? Does it seem like it's a fit? Great. Awesome. What do you think about this? How about that? I think this will be a problem. Do you think that producers can tinker with this? Or how do we enhance that? And then we go back to our corners. And then we get something in writing. Gotcha. Here's what we're looking to do. If you could do this, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. And it's truly a partnership. And we joke because... You have brands, you have talent, you have producers and the directors. And I'm just going to say my friend, because I don't want to say her name. 
you know, like we giggle, like we're in the middle of the bunker while all the shit mortars flying around us. But when it comes down to it, it's the two of us. Like we're the day to day and it's the, it's up to us. Like we work Oh, no, it's every morning talking in the car. It's talking every night. It's being on set with her and traveling. It's that dynamic of kind of the day-to-day is what keeps all these kind of... It's it's like gravity. It's that magical force that keeps things moving forward. Who Who's the hardest to please when it comes to promotions? Everybody. Everybody. Brand. The brand? Me. What do you think? Me. You're the hardest to please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. As <laughs> As the person, as the as the middleman for this promotion between them, it's hardest on you. It's not. No, it's, it's tough not, on both. It's just, it's just about. It's a balancing act, really. It's also expectations. Like it's not yeah, pleasing. It, They're not trying to be difficult. It's no. just everyone goes in with what you say, you, like their filter. Yeah, you really have to manage expectations, and that goes throughout all everything we've talked about so far in entertainment marketing, because that's that's the biggest thing. You don't want to. I find you don't want to raise someone's expectations so much that they're ultimately going to be disappointed and you don't want you just don't want to mislead anyone and I find that that does happen quite a bit in this business especially when people want um, something so I've seen situations where boy I got to be vague um why a lot of situations but no well, I wouldn't be super vague like a where a studio worked with a brand without an agency and You'll hear that a brand paid like five times too much and the integration is poor. Again, this is my opinion. Now, to be fair, the studio, their job is to get as much as possible for offering less. But that's that's not bad or good. I mean, that's what they do. And on the flip side, brands want as much as possible, much as possible without paying anything. And it's interesting when you have entities that you know, a studio expects a certain level of experience from a brand. That's fair. But sometimes brands stumble into things where they just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's... Well, yeah, when the imbalance is so great. Yeah. Ultimately, it's not good for anyone because the brand is going to feel like they got burned and not yes. want to participate and again. And then the director had a bad time. Partnerships had a bad time. Sure. So I feel, you know, I, well, look, I'm biased as hell. You know, there's brands out there who go direct and do wonderful programs. They have departments dedicated to what we do. But there's some out there who want to do this or but they don't know how to start navigating it or once they're in. So, I worked on a film and there was a huge huge brand everyone knows doing a promotion and they wanted to use we had a product placed in the film and they wanted to have a custom version of what we placed as their grand prize. And as this brand got into the promotion, they called me up. They're like, I ain't going to lie. Have you done this before? Yep. How would you handle this? Nope. They're absolutely taking care of you. That makes perfect sense. That's exactly what should be going on. What about this? Nope. You're in good hands. Yeah, hell no. Yeah, that's a no. You know, but it's interesting, like, and it's not, you know, as much as, you know, brands, they know a lot. But when you look at your day, if you're a brand manager or the head of marketing and where you want to dedicate your time, do you really want to spend all your time doing approvals for an activation or saying yes or no to product loans? Hire the agency. And that could be one activation that's taking up all their time, whereas you guys, they have are, a job dealing, to do. You guys are dealing with dozens at any given time. And sometimes so. on the same film. Yeah. So we can knock out all these questions. Yeah. So, you know, I do believe that everybody everywhere is doing the best they can. There's no question about that. 
Yeah, but maybe bring in an agency or someone who can help you do it slightly better. Yeah. And that, you know, it's funny. It's the one thing, look at all this, we didn't get into because I've had so many hiccups with the actual premiere of a film. Because once you get into the promotion, a natural extension is that premiere. But, you know, we'll just cover that under events. We'll do that on a separate podcast. Yeah, we're um, going to get into a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, we are. Fascinating stuff. Um, any more questions, Eric? Or? Did um, we answer your question? No, you did. You did. Oh, listen, um, <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was just going to ask you if there's like a, a, a hierarchy where like the, the biggest brands like, say, Coca-Cola will only work with the biggest studios like Fox. Yes. Or, yeah. So. So. No. No. Do, it goes like, both ways. Would you uh, would you maybe? see an Apple or a, a Google or these big brands go for like indie films? Yes. Yes. Depending on their strategy. You, okay. you would. The other thing, too, I guess related to that question is. A lot of brands have corporate partnerships with studios, so those would be the uh, probably the preferred brands. But yeah, sometimes and it, it just depends. Yeah, you know, there's some like they've done a bunch of promotions. Of course, they're going to go back to their preferred partners. Mm-hmm. And there's corporate things. There's there's a million reasons why they choose one brand over another. Um, but I love when big brands when we've had them and they're just open to whatever, whatever genre. You know, they're like, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because I love it. Because it's just doing something different, doing something fresh. Cool. But I do think there's room for smaller brands to play in this space. And I think, I don't know if intimidate is the right word, but it might be a bit overwhelming. Because you go, I'm not this brand. I'm not, you know, I don't have billions in profit every year. Like, how do I somehow mm-hmm. navigate this space? Well, yeah, I'm guess, ask for help. I'm guessing if you, like, have a story that is very local, you're you're going to want local brands. And that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also, if you're a local brand, you can still make use of <clears throat> entertainment property. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. And if anyone ever has questions, obviously email us, info at propagandagym.com or info at pentmark.com. I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. <laughs> and this is Entertainment Marketing Confidential. Mm-hmm.